Welcome to the Old Chicks No Shit podcast with Jennifer Arthurton. Listen in for real stories from real women who are defying cultural stereotypes and perceptions of midlife. Women who are reinventing themselves, starting businesses, chasing their dreams, and tackling challenges they never thought possible. Okay, welcome everybody to this episode of Old Chicks No Shit podcast. I am super excited to have with me Amanda Thebe. Amanda is a health and fitness coach for women over 40. She has become known as a bit of a menopause guru. She has a a Facebook group called Menopausing So Hard, which is amazing. So I highly recommend all of you who are listening, go sign up for that. It's a wealth of information and also a lot of laughs. Amanda, as you will find out, is incredibly funny. Uh, And I love her approach to menopause. And so, you know, we talk a lot on this podcast about women stepping into their power to women starting businesses or new careers or making big shifts in their lives. And it would be really remiss of us not to include menopause as part of that conversation because like me, you know, menopause hit me in the face like a two by four at a time when I was making big shifts in my life. And it is part of the conversation. And so I'm so happy to uh, have Amanda with us to share her knowledge on health and fitness, but also, you know, she's had a lot of conversation with women who are in this space. She's learned a ton. And then she's had her own experience as well, too. And so we're going to dive into all of those topics. So welcome, Amanda. Wow. I sound so much better when you talk about me than when I talk about me. Thank you. I'm excited to do this. Really important that we have these conversations. And so, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to, to doing this with you today. Yeah. So why don't we start with, I would love to kind of talk through a little bit of your own experience. So you are a woman over 40 who started a business uh, and kind of your passion, a business in your passion space. And then then menopause kind of caught up with you in the middle of all of that. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about your own story, just to set some context for kind of how you got so deep into, into this, into this business. Yeah, I think you call me the menopause guru. Like I've been called a lot of other things as well. Recently, the Mary Poppins of menopause. I like that one. I'm running with that at the moment because of like the current theme. Um, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but you know, my story is so very similar to so many other women. The difference is I've just made um, my voice loud and I, I talk about it, right? And I've created a platform where other women now are coming forward and talking. And I really, I'm so happy that that all of the crap that I went through has ended up being something really positive. But um, it's a long story and I'm not very good at being succinct. So <laughs> just shut me up when you need to. But basically, um, yeah, I um, was, I lived in Toronto um, and I was there for 15 years and I have always done health and fitness. I've been a personal trainer for over 20 years, but I only ever did it because it was a passion. I never actually considered doing it as a job because part of me was like, if I do this as a job, then I'm not going to actually enjoy it anymore. And therefore I'll hit health and fitness. And I didn't want to hit health and fitness. Do you know that way? Yeah. Um, and I always thought you only do a job that you actually can tolerate. You don't do jobs that you love. I actually disagree with that now clearly, because this is the job that I love. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I, I, about five years ago, in fact, I started first of January, five years ago, I, um, basically told all of the people I'd been coaching for free at the YMCA, the local YMCA, 
this is going to be my job now. I'm going to start doing group fitness classes. And if you want to work with me, you have to pay me. And they were like, oh my God, thank God for that. Because we're, you know, we've been doing this for free for so long and it feels like we're taking and not giving anything back. You know, women, women are generally good people. <laughs> anyway, so I built up this community of moms from the local schools and I was doing these strength and conditioning classes. I was encouraging women who wanted, they probably could see that I was sort of like doing well and I was thriving and, and I was strong and I'm very proud that I'm strong. And, and so I, I encouraged all of these women to come and men and I built up a really strong business quite quickly, but in fairness, it wasn't quick, was it? Cause I had 20 years behind me, right. but in general, Things were going fine. I call the business Fit and Chips, which I was, you know, it reflects everything that I am, British and, you know, funny. I think yeah, I'm funny. I love, like, I love that name so much because <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're fit, but you know what? There's also some fun in there. And also a healthy dose of chips now and again is okay. You know, like, let's get over yourself. Anyway, so moving on, I'm a year into the business. I'm training hard. I love to work out. It doesn't come difficult to me. I've always done it all my life. And I'm a, a fitness class, I think, I think a boxing class. And I go home and I, I'm not very well. And I think, oh crap, I've got a virus. And it, I had like a vertigo attack. And it lasted about three or four days so to the point where I couldn't get out of bed. The room was spinning. I was crawling on the floor to go to the bathroom. It didn't feel good. And then it went. And I thought, oh, fine. It was just a silly virus. But then it kept happening and it kept happening and I couldn't work out what was going on. Um, and then moving on a year and a half later, I've, I have all of these different things happening to me. I get chronic migra migraines um, and it's like migraines with an aura. I start getting really depressed and I'm a very generally upbeat person. I try to look on the lighter side of life and I just was struggling. So my business was new. It was thriving. I was getting up and I was going to my classes and seeing my personal training clients. And I always make time to meet people um, as well, just in the community. So I was doing this every day. Um, but it was clearly with a little bit of a mask on because I would then go home and sit on the sofa and be there for like three or four hours thinking, I can't. I just can't do anything else. I'm spent. I have no desire. I'm not motivated. And, and then basically I would just struggle to get through the rest of the day. And it got to the point where I didn't recognize the person I'd become. And it was scary. And, um, nobody said anything to me in the family until it came to a point where they were like, we want our mum back. I want my wife back. What on earth has happened? And they called me out on it. Um, I, Took, it took me, like I said, two years to get some real answers. Nobody, I went to my doctor. I went to ear, nose and throat people about my vertigo. I went to a neurologist about my migraines. Nobody sort of said, you know, how old are you? Well, clearly they asked how old I was, but they didn't associate my age with yeah. what could be happening right. at the time. Um, well, it was about 43, 44. Um, and nobody actually said, these are very typical symptoms of perimenopause, very typical symptoms. And I mean, the, my ex symptoms weren't extreme. They felt extreme to me, but all the time I'm going through what feels like a miserable existence with chronic pain with my migraines and I don't have any answers. 
And that there's nothing worse than being in a situation where you don't have answers. Well, I, I, think, I think too, I mean, there, there seems to be a misconception about, or maybe just not, not a misconception, maybe it's just a lack of knowledge about when perimenopause actually starts. Because it wasn't until, like, I mean, I turned 50 when my symptoms got really, really, really bad. But when I started looking back on my 40s, like starting from like 45 on, I was like, oh, look. That oh, was perimenopause. Yeah. Right. But yeah. I didn't, I, I, nobody had told you me that, you know what, this starts in your early 40s. This is when it, the wheels start to come off, right? Well, you can um, even turn that back a bit. It can start in your early, in your late 30s. For me, yeah. when I do the steps that you did and do the step back and, the, and retrace my steps, yeah. it was after the birth of my last son. I was 37 when I had him. And so um, I think about 38, I started really struggling just with things that weren't, life-changing but we're just annoying you know fatigue chronic fatigue things yeah, like that yeah yeah um not sleeping and you know i look yeah. back on those times and i'm like this this that was it i wish i'd known <laughs> and it well it, well that was the thing like i i wish i'd known i'd spent two years questioning my marriage questioning if i loved being a mother questioning every even just getting out of bed every morning like things that i'd, I'd never even assumed could happen to me and one day i went to my um, gynecologist for like a regular checkup i think i had like ovarian cysts or something you know i'm one of those people that's cysty so yeah. anyway i went and had and spoke to him and and you just need that one person just to give you salvation right and I went into this gynecologist who typically this old Jewish guy that's like bang, 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 bang. He's got like a thousand women to see, doesn't really have time to talk to you because he's against the clock, you know, as is the medical system, right? And I go in and he said, you're my last patient before my lunch. And he said, your cysts are fine. They've cleared up. Um, everything else okay? And I went, and I started crying. And like for me to cry is a big deal. You know, I wear iron knickers. I'm like, you know, I've got the whole British stiff upper lip thing. <laughs> I'm right, not right. emotional about life. Anyway, he, um, he then um, said, okay, tell me everything. And then I spoke to him. He sat and got his sandwiches out. He spoke to me. Like he literally listened to me. And then he went, yeah, these are very normal, but not very pleasant symptoms of perimenopause. We have treatments, we can help you. You need to know you're not going crazy and that most women will struggle. You're not on the, you're not on the struggle bus on your own. And I just went and met my husband for lunch afterwards and was crying my eyes. I'm going, I'm not going crazy. I don't hate you after all. It looks so like <laughs> Well, sometimes I do, but not all the time. <laughs> But it was a relief for him because he literally was trying too hard to make things right. He just wanted things to be right. And, and then he, it, I'm not blaming menopause, but it just, but basically I was in a situation where I had no clarity. And that's, for the people listening to your podcast, I think that that's one of the big messages I want to get across. Mm -hmm. I want to tell women that, you know, it's, it's horrible and it sucks to like be stuck in the doldrums, to have no clarity, to have no purpose or motivation. Yeah. But it's not your fault. And if you really are in that position, then chances are you need to sort of like look at what's happening in, in your life. Are you going through perimenopause? Chances are you are if you're between yeah. the ages of 35 and 105, <laughs> 38 and 108. You know, you, it, chances yeah. are it's impacting you on some level. Yeah. So that, so that was my story. And then from then on, um, it just made me 
start digging deep into the research. I completely understand how the nutrition and exercise side of life helps with menopause. I know that stuff inside out. I then started digging deep into like the research about, you know, the psychology of aging and our mindset and yeah. just the different challenges women have. And it's been such a brilliant thing for me to do because my knowledge level's gone up and that of all of the women who are surrounding ourselves with, we, it's just as though we're having these like light bulb moments. Yeah. And we're like, okay, I get it. So how are, so you have a brand new business at this point. I mean, you've, you've been doing it, but now you've actually, it's become a business. And I know a lot of the women who listen and the women who are in my group who are women who are starting businesses. How, so how are you managing kind of trying to, I got a new baby over here, which is your business, right? Yeah. And then over here, I feel like I'm falling apart. Like what, what was that like? What was that process like for you? So challenging. And actually, you know, some people may have a new baby, like physical baby as well. Yeah. Like goodness gracious. Imagine that new baby and going through menopause. That's like a whole other new phenomenon. But for me, um, the people that I used to see when I used to go to work and do that, do my job, lifted my spirits for sure and but they only seem to like lift it in the moment I got that endorphin boost actually physically exercising with them if I sometimes joined in but I but just being surrounding myself with people I it made me realize that the the face-to-face interaction was quite key to me to keep going because as soon as I went home I realized being on my own I allowed myself to actually feel what was happening now in a way people might say, well, so then you're just masking what's happening when you're going out, like pretending and, and maybe so, but, but there, there is a psychological sort of element that goes with that. Like the people can lift you and can lift your endorphins and can have conversations that change the way you approach the day. And so it was a real, it was a real struggle, but it helped me really grow and learn. Like, so um, one of the things I did with my business that helped because it was a new business and because it was my own, I just did what I wanted to do and no more. And, and, and I had that sort of privilege to be able to do that. People who go to work and like have a boss, like don't tend to have the type of like flexibility that I had. So for me, I honored the days when I just wasn't feeling so good. I just was really good about it. I would go for a walk. I would do something that just made me feel good about myself. In Toronto, I'd get on my bike and go for a cycle. I'd do something that physical movement for me is is being a godsend and um, being just a little bit more mindful about my nutrition because as soon as I go down the hall, I'm going to eat a bag of cookies or chips. (laughs) Like I just would feel and and just feel like shit even more, you know, like it's it's always the wrong way to go. Um, But the, um, so I allowed myself to say no to things. So I have a new business. I've created this like momentum and then, and then uh, you get all these opportunities that come your way. And I'd be like, oh, oh, pick me, pick me. Let, I want to do this. I want my business to grow. And so I, I had to sort of like reel it back in a bit and think, you know, what are my, what are my values? So I, I really love working with value systems. Value systems um, are just such a great way to, to have a reflection on what's important to you. And you can do these online. You can just type in values and you can do like a personality test. And, and the reason I like it is because when I do them, it just is a simple reminder. This is what makes you thrive, like curiosity, family, friendship, community, and, Mm -hmm. 
all of the new opportunities that suit my values. Like, like I, I would just make yeah. sure that it, it fitted and it ticked all of those boxes. And right. I, I had a conversation with a, a good friend of mine, one of the smartest women I know, super highly educated woman. And I, she wanted to talk to me about my business and just see if I, she could help me because she's a Harvard MBA. And she just was chatting away with me. And she said, what is your idea of success? Is it, are you happy right now, the fact that your family is healthy and happy, that you have a really strong family unit, that your business is going well, that you're doing okay in your business, is that enough? Because that's success as well. You don't have to always be reaching for the stars. You can sort of be happy with your lot. And I was, and I am. And so part of me was like, just grounding myself and just putting things into perspective. Yeah. There's an inter- I don't know if you've heard, there's a, a term in the psychology and human development circles called generativity. Are you familiar with that term? No, I'm not. So it's the idea of um, feeling the need um, for to give back or to find meaning in your life. And it happens right around this time, like mid 40s to 60s, 70s or whatever. There seems to be like you've kind of done all of the work of raising your family and, you know, acquiring wealth and buying your house and doing all of that type of stuff. And then your focus starts to shift to this notion of I've kind of done the things that I need that I needed to do. And now I want to do something that's going to better the world. And what I find really interesting, and I'm sure is no coincidence, is the fact that and I, I see this in a lot of the women that I talk to. So this need for generativity in terms of finding meaning and purpose in life, you know, especially for women, it's like I've raised my family now, what am I going to do? Coinciding with menopause, where kind of like you feel like the wheels are coming off. And I kind of, I have this sense of, it's almost like, um, it's almost like menopause is the thing that is like the shakeup you need, like physically. And it's, and I mean, and I'm not diminishing symptoms or, or anything, but it's almost like to, to wake you up out of your, your former state and refocus you on what's really important to you. Because what you just said, right, was about really digging deep and going, okay, what's important to me? My family, you know, doing something that I love, all of those types of things. And so it's an interesting time, I think, especially for women. Um, well, much more so for women than men, because men don't have the same you know, menopausal shakeup. Um, but that, you know, it's, it's about a shifting focus and really digging into what's really meaningful for us. And I think, um, you know, when I think about uh, menopause and a lot of times it's, you know, and especially getting, getting older, there's a lot of focus on what we're losing, what's changing, what's different, as opposed to maybe seeing how we can refocus it to something a little bit more positive. Um, can you talk a little bit about mindset and your experience with mindset and all the women that you talk, you talk to in your group? And it's exactly everything you've just said. I mean, I hear that so often. I mean, a lot of the time, I mean, you're, you're in the menopausing so hard group, but I also have yeah. private clients as well. And when I speak to anyone that I'm coaching, often the thing that'll come to me is, you know, I put weight on, I don't exercise enough and, and I can like fix those things quite quickly. But when it comes to the heart of the matter, it tends to be, there's, like they say, they're stuck in the doldrums. They're like spinning the, the old hamster wheel mm. and they're just not making any progress. Um, as in, what direction should they take? Where do, where do I go from here? And, you know, um, 
one of the things I find really frustrating is, you know, we've reached this impasse in our life. It's like you could say menopause sometimes is like the line you need in the sand and, and it's, it, it clashes with midlife, I suppose, as well. And when you Google the word midlife, the first word that comes up or the first anything that is associated with it is crisis, like midlife crisis. And it's so annoying, so frustrating because, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a challenging time of the life. It's physically, emotionally, and mentally exhausting. It can be. There'll be days when you feel on top of the world and then other days where you can't get out of bed and it's just not fair. It's like, why is this happening to me and why do I not have control of what's going on? And I think to me, when I speak to women about this, I think the lack of control is the hardest thing. I hear I'm doing everything. I'm eating well. I'm doing, I'm like, I'm exercising and I'm blah, 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 blah. And I still don't feel like crap. I still feel like crap and I still don't have my sense of purpose. And to me, um, there's, there's like a couple of things that, that I can like identify from that because it's always the same things I'm hearing it, just in different nuances. It's always mm-hmm. the same things and experience and research and, and personal stories of got me to the point where I can recognize that there, there are things that women can control. There are things that women can do right, right now to just start pulling things back in and, and like mm-hmm. taking control of their own destiny type thing. Right. Um, and a couple of those things are, are this, if you are going through menopause, it's a decline of your sex hormones, the estrogen, estrogen and progesterone are declining. And along with that come like a myriad of different symptoms that may or may not impact you. The majority of women do struggle. Um, and there's not a lot you can do to control those hormones outside of HRT, hormone replacement therapy. Right. Right. So if you have chosen because you can't or you don't want to do hormone replacement therapy, then you have to just control the things that you can control. Now, um, people who are on HRT tend to find that because the symptoms are alleviated slightly, if it's something they can take, uh, then taking control of those other things is easier just because they're in a different place, right? Um, But the things that you can control that do have an absolute impact on your life are things like um, nutrition, exercise, stress management, and psychology moving forward. Yeah. Because what they do is they impact your cortisol levels, your insulin levels, and they're, they're the hormones you can actually do something about. And you don't have to make massive changes to do them. Problem is, when you're in this like dead space at the bottom. The last thing you want to do is like, okay, now I'm going to meditate and just get my end <laughs> and kick in my parasympathetic nervous system. You don't want to do anything. It's really, really hard. Yeah. And so actively trying to sort of like reach out to other women, like who are in the same situation, building community. The, the reason I built that Facebook group was because I knew research tells us how important community is at this stage. And I was missing that when I, because back to my story, I relocated from Toronto to Houston and I didn't have that physical presence and I needed that presence somehow. So I created this Facebook group just so there was a space for women to go safely and talk about issues in a, like a, 
a frank manner that wasn't judged and it's not taboo and it's not awkward, right? And I needed that space. And so um, that's one of the things I try and get women to do is just find your tribe, like start, start moving every day. For sure. De-stress as much as possible. Do activities that help you de-stress and recover. And then the mindset stuff is back to the values. Like do things that suit you and suit your life. And take a step back if you need to. Like your body's trying to tell you something when it's exhausted. Guess what it's trying to tell you? Exactly right. Right? Especially like, you know, and I'm sure there's lots out there, the type A's like me who are like, go, 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 push, 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 right? And who are ignoring the signals. Like it got to a point where I was like, my body's like, ah, no, what? We're not having any part of this anymore. We're shutting it down, right? And so if you don't, if you're not tuned in um, to what your body's telling you, then yeah, it will feel even that much more uncomfortable. And I think the other part why it feels uncomfortable is because we don't talk about it before it happens. You don't, like, this thing, stuff's happening and you're still trying to control because you don't realize, like, we're not talking enough about this being the natural progression of things. It's like, you become a mother, you send your kids off to school, and that's the where the story ends. I'm like, okay, there's a lot more. <laughs> there, there is, and so my son is 15 and he's doing anatomy and, and physiology at school and so yeah. I get his I get his textbook and I look through the female reproduction system and it talks about female birth mm-hmm. and how how genitals develop blah 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 to puberty and then it talks about pregnancy that is a natural stage for some women to go through so going through um puberty and then it stops it, I, I, sorry, pr- pregnancy. I apologize. I'm yeah, it's, yeah, a yeah. Menopause, it's a menopause brain. Don't judge me. <laughs> no judgment. No, <laughs> no judgment. judgment. <laughs> sorry. Um, and pregnancy is like, and that's where the book stops. Yeah. Like, it doesn't even say that periods will stop. It doesn't even talk mm-hmm. about it. It's crazy. And so for me, I was so confused. I was in an industry that's a health and wellness industry. That's what I was knee deep in. And I didn't understand the signals I didn't know and so for me one of my absolute missions is just to deliver clear frank truthful information about menopause to women because most people don't talk about it because it's not interesting we're not interesting they they assume right right it's not it's not sexy but you know what it's the biggest, one of the biggest parts of our life, because when you start going through perimenopause to menopause, which is the time when the periods completely cease, I'm just yeah. clarifying in case anyone didn't know. Then after that stage, you're postmenopausal. You are postmenopausal until you you die, basically. So you potentially have got another 40, 50 years of your life without your sex hormones. And that impacts us on a number of different levels. And so why is that information not available? Well, exactly. And so, you know, and it's no wonder that we, you know, um, that we feel out of control, because if somebody's telling you it's coming, you can prepare yourself for it. But all of a sudden, it hits you, you know, like a brick in the head. And of course, it's about control, 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 because that's what's worst for your entire life up to that point. And now all of a sudden you're in this place where, okay, it's spiraling and I got nothing. Like I got nothing. All the things I used to do didn't work. And so now you have to start shifting to a different, a different mindset, a different way of thinking, maybe a different way of eating and exercising, which I know <laughs> you talk a lot about. Um, and so just having that big gap in the knowledge base, I think is probably the biggest disservice to women. 
Um, and especially like, you know, when we're trying to, again, now, you know, reorient ourselves into maybe a different line of work or, you know, a different purpose, you know, if you're, you send your kids off to school and, you know, like, what am I going to do with my time, right? How, how are you manage, how do you manage all of this together? And I find what's really interesting in like a lot of the reading that I've been doing is in that in cultures where uh, age is not ex as accepted, like in the Western culture, menopause symptoms for women tend to be, and I don't know how much truth there is to this. I mean, I saw a study on it, but I don't know how many other studies there have been done, probably not many, <laughs> given that it's menopause. But yeah. that, um, so in cultures where age is not accepted, as well accepted, women tend to struggle more with menopause than in cultures where age is revered and actually looked forward to, the amount of menopausal symptoms that women have are like very insignificant, right? So they might just see a period stop or whatever. And, you know, and then there's always the, the cultural differences, food and stress yeah. and all the I other things. I think I was going to say, I think you need to take into like the whole For picture. Sure. Because sure. there's all of the studies about um, Asian women not having, uh, right. specifically Japanese, because of the high soy content. So we, we just really don't know. But the fact that age is revered in some countries, and, and like in China, they call menopause the second spring. Right. It's a rebirth, a rebirth for, for women. And I think that we, we don't give women that respect no. in the Western culture. And, and what's even more pertinent, I think, now is we talk about menopause. It's like, I'm looking at you and you're looking at me. And that's not how I perceived a menopausal woman to look like, even Absolutely 10, 15 not. years ago, 10, 15 years ago myself, right? I'm nearly 50, you're in your 50s and we look good. I'm telling you, we look good. But, yeah. but this is typical, we're typical looking women of our age and we're not our mothers or our grandmothers. We're, we're younger and we're more vibrant. And that's why, as well as culturally, women want to start new businesses in their 50s. And exactly. Why should they? Exactly. That's exactly it. I mean, we, we are not sitting around waiting for grandkids to visit or, you know, on our rocking chairs on the porch like that, that ain't it. And unfortunately, culturally and, and societally, we haven't caught up with the new vision of what a postmenopausal woman looks like or, or is not forget what looks like who she is um, a vibrant, energetic, intelligent, with tons of experience, life experience on her side. Like, you know, I say often in my group that this is actually one of the most powerful points of your life. Because I think so. I think we become yeah. these amazing sages, like we just are able to take a step back and look at what really matters in life. I mean, for me, um, and, and speaking to other women, like, like we do in our, in our groups, like the, the symptomatic side of it helps produce clarity in other parts of your life what exactly you can just get let go of a whole load of shit so i have so many less cares than i ever did <laughs> i don't get as stressed as i used to because i can't be bothered to sweat the small stuff anymore and i think that with that comes like an element of wisdom that is like you know i'm like literally like in invincible now yeah you, you, i call them yeah i call them the i call them the maven years so i came across i know you do i love that yeah a, a long, long time ago about being a trusted expert, you know, with knowledge and wisdom to share with the world. And I'm like, yeah, this is exactly it. It's because we're not, there was this concept before of crone, you know, who's this old woman, haggard woman sitting, you know, wrapped in a cloth and spouting wisdom to people. And I'm like, but there's a long way from motherhood to crone. And there's this massive hole in between. Right. And so trying to, to, you know, to, to find the purpose in that. And that's what we're all trying to do is, 
finding the purpose of that this part of our life, whether it's, yeah. you know, whatever it might be, charity work, starting businesses or whatever. But yeah. there's so much that we have to give. Taking time for yourself. I mean, a lot of women up to this age have spent their whole lives being nurturers, whether it's for their own children, for their parents, for, you know, their relatives, their animals. I mean, we we are born nurturers. And then with the dropping our sort of like sex hormones as well, it also impacts our oxycotton and so that also is our like our love hormone the thing that bonds us when we breastfeed and things and so as that sort of level reduces there's a little bit of a, a time for reflection to say well you know what actually this is now my time I don't need to spend as much time and energy like looking after others it sort of gives you a, a bit of, like I said that light bulb moment I can do something for myself but on the flip side of things I get a little bit tired in I mean this is I'm jaded as fuck right honestly I just I don't like anything that's fluffy and sickly and sweet I just want things to be just regular normal I don't want anything too um too sickly sweet and you know I get really exhausted when I see all of these posts from women that are just too positive you know, yeah. like, you know, I can't even, dis- I, I can't even remember them, but you know, the ones that are just like, you know, this is your new life, run and take it and blah, de, blah, de, blah. And I think that, that it, it misses a big part for me. Those, yeah. those intentions are probably really good, but it, it's not how all women feel. Not everybody wants to run out and do a new job and feel no. positive and skip through the fields with flowers in their hair and a floaty <laughs> white dress I don't like I want to go out and get drunk with my friends and I want to like which I haven't been able to do for four years but and finally drink again but like I want to just be real about this I want to like do something for myself I want to I want to go out on my husband I want to start enjoying sex again because it sucked for a while you know I, there's like real yeah. real things we need to Tangible talk about everyday things yes exactly. and so it might be the like the people listening to this don't have big careers they want to do but they just want to get back a normal life again where they enjoyed the simple things yeah right and yeah, I think- no I mean that's so true and that's that's the important reason why I wanted to have this conversation with you because we can't talk about this time of life without I mean we would be hugely remiss without mm. talking about the biggest thing that's happening to you physically at this point in your life and so you know it's you know I, I think what I what I really want to get across to people is is that A, you're not going crazy, (laughs) you know, B, if you do decide you want to go out and start a business or you want to chase your dream, you want to, you know, like I've talked to these women who are running, this one woman I interviewed who ran a hundred mile race and she's, you know, 63 or something, right? Is that you can aspire to those things, but just recognize that you're going to have to approach it a little bit more, a little differently than, than what you, than maybe you would have before. Um, And it's not to say that like, and I think a lot of people kind of, take this is that all of these symptoms are happening to me okay this is the end like cut it off and I like it's a point but there's a lot on the other side of that and there's a lot that can coexist with that right and so that's kind of the the message that I really want to get across and I think as well like uh we live in this crazy world where we want stuff right now well our kids do uh, like the younger generation and what i've learned through this whole process is that by picking and choosing what i've decided to do along the way i might it might feel like missed or lost opportunities but if you're very true and authentic to everything that you do and everything that you say and believe in the the opportunities will present themselves and i've had to take time off and slow down 
but it doesn't mean that I still haven't been able to be successful. It's just maybe taken a little bit longer than it would have done in my twenties, but I don't care. Like I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go away quickly. Like I'm, you and I are both writing a book and I'm a little bit ahead of you because we're working with the same coaches as, as, um, yes. <laughs> as you know, if anyone wants to write a book, you've got to work with Joan MacDonald. She's so Absolutely. Awesome. Hands down. <laughs> yeah. And, but I'm at the stage where I'm now like actively looking for a publisher and it's going to take, chances are that will work out. And that might be another year before the book's published. And I'm like, yeah, sure. That's fine. You know, like I actually don't care. Whereas before in my twenties, maybe I'd be like, no, I want it now, now, now. And and, and I think that like, if, if there's a part of you that like takes on a new business, if we're talking about business and you have a new career, most a new passion a new new passion there's usually like an end goal or like a destination that you want to reach and along the way you've got to do um behavioral things to get there if we're talking about goals it's usually behavior and outcome goals right so your behavior is the things you need to do every day to get you to the outcome goal well you know, chances are you might be doing two steps forward and one back and that's fine as is with weight loss and exercise gains. You know, it's never a linear path. It's never like you're just going to get there very easily by doing these things. Expect knockbacks, expect amazing triumphs. It's going to be like that. Really Yeah. Yeah. But part of me is like one of the biggest things, a piece of advice is I could give somebody listening to this is like, don't be in a hurry and literally don't bite off more than you can chew. Yeah. Because then if you, if you can give yourself a small win every day, like, so I have my to-do list and I have top three and I try and get the, I'm like an A-type personality. So, so yeah, I try and I'm get those. List. I, yeah, I'm a list lady too. Um, and, and I try and get those three things done and it might just be correspond with people, work out, and it might be something for the house, like make dinner. I don't care what it is, but like three things that I want yeah. to do. And any, and they're my three wins. And and I think that if you then set your stall to like high, like this book, if I was to say, I'm going to give myself six weeks to write 50,000 words, I would have failed. Yeah. And, and, and failure is hard to pick yourself up from. But if you do, do something every day that gives you that small win and creates good habits and good behaviors, chances are you won't fail. You might yeah. take a little bit of a step back, okay. but you're, you're still continuing on the right path. Yeah. I heard the ter- I heard term the other day, just about two days ago, and it really struck me, um, was commitment versus consistency. So I know like for my, for example, with my own workouts, I've struggled where I'm like, I, you know, used to be able to have to go to the gym four times a week, you know, blah, 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 blah. And if I didn't do it, I failed. Right. And I haven't been able to do that because sometimes I don't have the energy to do that. Right. Or I just need longer rest periods if it was a particularly heavy session. And, but I'm still committed, even though I might've only gone to two days this week, I'm still really committed to it. Right. Versus being, you know, where my focus was before was consistency. It had to be three times. It had to be four times. Like there was a number, right? And I'm like, oh, wow, I can still be committed without being consistent and not being consistent necessarily means like listening to my body, resting when I'm tired, you know, changing one priority for another because that one's more important right now and those types of things. So it was, it was, I think that I think that flexibility is key I think it has to be the way we run our lives even for people like you and I and others listening who really do well with like like schedules and like achievement goals and stuff 
I do not give myself a hard time anymore. If something doesn't get done, I'm like, yeah, blah, fine. I'm just going to sit and watch Netflix all day in bed, Right. whatever. At least I won that game. At least, <laughs> at least I did the Netflix and chill game on my own. <laughs> oh, by the way, it was like only last year I found out what Netflix and chill <laughs> meant when my kids explained it to me. And I'm like, oh, I'm so lame. I know you're getting old when you literally think Netflix and chill chill means like a cup of peppermint tea on the couch (laughs) oh see that's why we have kids just to keep us attached to uh what's current (laughs) keep us young oh i know but yeah no that's uh, you're you're absolutely right i think um yeah just just reframing things reframing things is just super important in this time um so any particular and I we could talk about this all day but I want to be very mindful of your time um any kind of what would be your top three health fitness or mindset tips that you would um give to my audience well can I give them four absolutely well and the only reason is if you want (laughs) (laughs) you know you give me something I always want more (laughs) that's me (laughs) no but um so one of the things I've tried to do is to sort of build systems that help women. I mean, that's my job. I'm a coach, right? So I have like menopause hacks. That's what I coach people. And, and there's four, I, I work with four pillars, mm-hmm. four pillars of those menopause hacks. And basically um, what I try to help women do is to try and encourage them, like I said before, to c- control the things that w- are within their realm of control. Right. right. So whether or not you're on any type of medical intervention or everything I do compl- complements that with the doctor, I'm not trying to be anyone's right. doctor. Right. Um, I'm very clear about staying in my lane. So the four, but the four um, elements that I talk about, the four hacks are um, how you move, um, what you eat, mm-hmm. how to de-stress and how to think. They're, they're like basically the four components of like taking control of the things that you can control. And so the, the how to move is I'm a huge um, proponent of health, uh, of strength training. Yeah. Right. So whenever you, uh, someone wants to work out with me, I'm going to make them work on strength. But the thing is a lot of women who have started like following me might have never exercised in their life before. I mean, there's only like, 10, 15% of the population work out. So I can't say to someone who's brand new to exercise, okay, go and pick up that barbell and go and do like a hundred squat. I just wouldn't do that. So mindful, but moving does so many wonderful things for the body. Even going for a walk, there are like literally studies coming out of my cahoots about walking, fat loss, longevity, health benefits, health markers, cholesterol, I can go on forever about those. So I would, my, one of the things I would say is to somebody who's in a bit of a rut. In fact, I just had a, a client text me. I'm in, I'm in a bad place. I'm not feeling good. I went, get the dog and go for a walk and text me back in an hour. Mm-hmm. And she did. She went, okay, thank you. I needed that. She walked to Starbucks. After, that's all she did. Right. She, got out, she got outside. Nature helped. It does. Like it's yeah. time for reflection. I told her to leave her phone at home. Get off the fucking phone. Right. Put your phone down for Christ's sake. Get your Nokia flip phone out if you need to. Like, yeah. give your brain a rest. Yeah. So, so moving 
um, often, every day anyway, like, but, but by movement every day, I don't mean workout every day. Um, the workouts and the strength training can come, but you need to get active. It really helps you body, mind, and soul. When it comes, and then, and then looking at the food, you eat i mean that's a whole that's huge it, i tra- train people for a year just on nutrition right but it changes as you go through menopause the estrogen um in, exit ex, oh, i put my words in again estrogens um impact on cortisol and insulin are all intertwined it's a super complex system that i don't even pretend to fully understand the endocrine system is your hormonal system in the body and experts in the field are still learning about it but what we do know is that you your carbohydrate sensitivity is impacted and how you synthesize protein that means how you break it up and how you how you break it down and how you build it up like and so there's so many things happening in the body that just by doing some simple things you can start to feel better and the first thing i would say is eat um low crap not low carb super simple look i'm so tired of people saying carbs are bad it's just got to stop it's really important that carbohydrates are included in a woman's diet especially through menopause for good hormonal health but carbohydrates that are healthy don't include you know your cookies and your um your bag of chips and blah 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 blah. but i just think that there's a place for them in a person's life but it just is that your body processes them slightly differently and so if you can just try and reduce some of the crap that you eat and just go for more wholesome food you're just going to feel better mm-hmm. fact right mm-hmm. it's usually small things then how to um de-stress so um our cortisol levels are impacted again by menopause progesterone is like an anti-anxiety and um, hormone and estrogen tends to be like our happy hormone. When both of those fall, you may not be as happy as you used to be. You may have elevated cortisol. You may have chronic anxiety. That's really common in in menopause. And so, by actively taking time out to do something for yourself every day, you will start to feel the benefits. And that could be something. If you meditate, meditate. I'm too shifty to meditate, but I do like to sit quietly yeah. with a book. Like I find a cup of coffee and it's lots of forms. It is. Yeah. And it's not going to be woo woo if you do it with me, but like, it doesn't matter. There's a way for you to just, even just breathing. I'm a huge um, proponent of um, diaphragmatic breathing to kick in the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the, the nervous system that calms you down from that fight or flight mode if if you have anxiety it doesn't matter 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 if it's real or perceived it's horrible it's and and so is depression they're both you know each side of the scale and by doing deep breathing every day just two minutes deep breathing it can help you bring back some element of control and then last yeah and then and and included in that is sleep i mean these are big big rocks that we're talking about and then last of all how to think and it's just re rethinking this whole midlife um area and like shifting us away from aging um negatively into pro-aging yeah you know mind you you know like it's really it's really difficult when I look at my wrinkles and I wish I could inject some blood of a young virgin in them but part of me is like every day like saying it's okay it's okay (laughs) 
<laughs> I need two virgins if I can get my face back. <laughs> I jest, I jest, but but, well, but, it, but in seriousness, it's a massive, massive um, topic to talk about. But just even having conversations about, and this is your gig, right? This moving yeah. forward, yeah. actively, positively, energetically into our se- the second yeah. phase of our life. Exactly. But so that's the the four areas I would pick something and focus on that often. Yeah. Those are awesome. Those are really, really great. Um, and I know like I'm part of your menopausing so hard group. I, you know, I mean, I, I, I talk a lot about the kind of the how to think piece, but um, the moving, the eating and all of that. I mean, and I was pretty, pretty knowledgeable on that before. Like I've always worked out, um, you know, and even, even then I have learned so much from you and just having that community of women who and a lot of them are fairly athletic as well in that group, like who attend yeah. to follow you. But I've, I've just learned a lot. And to also understand that I'm like, oh my God, it's not just me. Like I'm not falling apart. Mm-hmm. The community part of that is so huge. So yeah. anybody who's listening, um, if you want a resource to learn more about symptoms or just to connect with other people who might be experiencing what you're experiencing, I highly, highly recommend um, searching menopausing so hard on Facebook. It's a, like they can find it if they search, right? just menopausing so hard and yeah. you know like I did want to create a, a space that wasn't too exhausting menopause can be exhausting always yeah. talking about the symptomatic side of it like and also a little bit like boring right no one wants to talk about it really no so there's relief in there like the reason I like it is because it's a good laugh there's like yeah. one woman who every day posts something funny like a meme yeah. and I'm like oh my god thank you you are hilarious that I will say for sure I always get a good chuckle out of it so yeah. where can people find you uh online like there's the group obviously and then where else can people find you if they'd like to hire you as a coach or just learn more about you yeah well I just I'll just tell them to go to my website because from there you can just access everything you know oh, you, can find, you can find the the community you can find my Instagram page which I try and update a couple of times a day with just some helpful information and then hopefully when the book comes out that will be on there too and you I want everyone to buy one because otherwise yes. I've wasted a whole year of my life for nothing so go on back. I will promote your book because I think it's <laughs> going to be an incredible resource yeah ditto, ditto but the so my website is fit and chips so f-i-t-n-c-h-i-p-s fitandchips.com fitandchips.com. Perfect. Well, thank you. I love this conversation. Um, like I said, we could talk about this all day, <laughs> but um, I'm sure you've got other things to do. So thank you. Thank you. And um, yeah, everybody go check out Amanda. Just if nothing else, just for a chuckle related to menopause. <laughs> all Thanks, right. Jennifer. And good luck with the podcast. I'm excited for you. Thanks so much. All right. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to Old Chicks No Shit. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review at iTunes or wherever you listen in. 